This is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour of the Barbecue Central Show. We do this show live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. The show is also being recorded, so if you're just tuning in now and you missed the first hour with Chris Lilly, don't worry about it. The podcast will be released a little bit later this evening. The second hour will be released on Thursday, and we'll talk to you about Friday here in just one second. Coming up on the second hour of the show, or should I say still to come, on the show this evening, the Embedded Correspondents will be joining me for their fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour visits. Both 14 and 35 past, or should we say, will carry the balance of the second hour. The show is generated and brought to you from... Palm City, USA, Cleveland. We say good evening to those of you watching the show tonight through one of our video streaming platform partners, Facebook and Twitch slash bbq central show you can also watch the show on youtube which is youtube.com slash at bbq central show there seems to be a number of people in the instant chat as well there is a youtube poll question of the week that we can update you on and it's biting back fairly quickly i asked is attending memphis in may barbecue festival on your bucket list and now 78 percent of you are saying yes but 22% of you are saying no. Closer than I thought. I figure live fire folks have a majority interest in going. Not saying that 78% isn't a majority. However, I thought it would be more in the mid-80s, potentially 90% that folks would want to attend a Memphis in May or it being on their bucket list at least, but it is a little bit closer than I anticipated. 78% saying yes and 22% saying no. Got this in the instant chat from living a rogue life. So A, I'm questioning if in any way if this person is related to our pal Doug Shiding because he is the rogue cooker's head cook. But uh, we'll figure that out later. The question is, Greg, is the rumor true that you don't want to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? A, I don't know if that's a rumor that I don't want to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. What's true is this, living a rogue life. In the end, it does not matter to me if I end up in the Barbecue Hall of Fame or not, number one. As I said a couple weeks ago, I am a person that is competitive by nature. What does that mean? It means that I know every year that we have been told how this Barbecue Hall of Fame works, the first step to anybody potentially getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame is being nominated. Your name has to be nominated. You got to go through the nomination process. That name's put in a hopper, and then they bring your name up during the name nomination decision calls that they have. And my name has never made it over. It's made it out of the big pool, but it's never made it over the fence onto the finals list. Does that matter to me in the end? No. But because I'm competitive, I know I'm in there. What does that mean? I have a chance. Well, if I have a chance, then that means I want to win. So if winning means... I'm in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Well, then, yeah, of course, because I know I'm in there. 
I'm nominated. I'm nominated multiple times every year. I just never seem to get through the first round of gatekeepers to get on the finals list. And then, you know, the finals list, I got a lot of people that I know that would be voting that I feel probably would vote for me, maybe with one of their four votes. Maybe they wouldn't. But I know a lot of those people that are the voting public for the Hall of Fame right now. It's the living members of the Hall of Fame. That's who votes. And I know a lot of them, almost all of them. So I would feel pretty good that if I got on the finalists list, I would potentially make it in. But in the end, do I care? Like, do I want uh, to answer your question? Is, is there a rumor or is the rumor true that I don't want to be in the barbecue hall of fame? No, that's not true. What's true is, it doesn't matter to me, number one. And number two, if I get in, it'll be great. But I'm not, it doesn't matter to me. It matters to some people. For instance, second Tuesday of the month, regular guest, Meathead Goldwyn. It mattered to him. He was lobbying. He wanted to get in. He was sending his resume to any and everybody that would take it. He was finding who were the voting members of the Hall of Fame and lobbying them it mattered to meathead that much where he would put in that effort i am the exact opposite of meathead it does not matter to me that much i will put in zero effort to try and lobby myself to get into anything ever i'm either getting in because you want me there or i'm not and then i will either be happy that i'm in or it won't matter to me that i'm not in i just the, the whole goal and the Hall of Fame thing was to make sure it was as transparent and open as possible because it wasn't. And I hammered and hammered and hammered. And then it became the way it is today. Is that because of me? Maybe in part, but it also lends legitimacy. You can have the normal Hall of Fame arguments at this point. You know the process. It's ever-changing. Improvements are trying to be made. Whether you like it or not, these are the arguments we want to have, not, well, how is this even, how are these names even picked? Who's voting? What's the process? Well, nobody knew any of that before. So that was the only goal in this for me was to lend transparency or demand transparency to this, whether I make it in or not is irrelevant, but God, I want to get in. Hey, coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 283, taking you back to May 22nd in 2012, where you would find me having a conversation with one, Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q, the owner of Memphis Barbecue Company, the pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q. And back then we were talking about Yazoo's winning the overall grand championship at the 2012 Memphis in May Barbecue Championship. Their second overall world title at that point. I believe they finished with two. And we also covered what all goes into that event. And there is plenty that needs to happen before the actual cooking starts, as we also found out from Chris Lilly last hour. So if you aren't familiar with what all is needed to get ready to cook, then you will want to make sure you check out the show Friday. By the way, I don't know if you heard it or not. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rampey reporting from the Breaking News Desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that makes both live fire breaking news across the world. Oh, across the nation. Nay, the globe. I screwed up my own lines. I don't know if you saw this or not, but there was a story released towards the end of last week announcing Melissa Cookston's retirement from competition barbecue. Say it ain't so. So the winningest woman in competition barbecue is calling it a career. And now it looks like I'm going to have to reach out to Melissa if she wants to come back on the show and talk about the career that was. And of course what she's looking to do moving forward. But in her prime... I don't even know what that means in competition barbecue because Johnny Trigg was at Memphis in May. So, I mean, if we're talking about prime, 
Johnny Trigg is still in his prime at competitions, for crying out loud. Blues Hog had him out there. Class move, by the way. Tim and Brad, that was class. So I don't know what it means uh, to say when somebody was in their heyday, but if you don't know Yazoo's Delta Q, they did a lot of winning. They were whole hog specialists. They won the hog category a lot. They won the overall world title a lot. They did a lot of Memphis Barbecue Network cooking. They were team of the year for Memphis Barbecue Network and all piloted by Melissa Cooks. So she made an announcement. There were some TV interviews and stuff done as well saying that she was calling it a career after this past weekend. So uh, we should catch up with her and see what's going on. By the way, before we get out and meet up with the embedded correspondents, the next All-Star Barbecue Series event that is uh, partnering with Famous Dave and the World Food Championships is going to be June 3rd, 2023 in El Paso, Texas. So not this coming weekend, but that following weekend, I believe. The next All-Star Barbecue Series event, June 3rd in El Paso, Texas. Hopefully Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, who's in El Paso, Texas, has signed up and is one of those six teams competing. For more information on this event or to register at an upcoming event, go to FamousDaves.com slash All-Star BBQ Challenge. This could be a question for the embedded correspondents. The guy, the cooking Sam weighing in, who has a better resting angry face, Melissa Cookston or Johnny Trick? <laughs> guy, that could be the question of 2023. The embedded correspondents are ready. However... I need to tell you about my pal Sterling Ball and the big gang over at Big Papa Smokers. What do we love about Big Papa Smokers? We love that everything's been hand-selected by Sterling himself. We love the rubs and the seasonings. That's right. 13 perfectly balanced flavors transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary meals. They own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, too. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody or you're tired of what's existing out there currently in the marketplace, Try Granny Sauce, a great sauce all by itself. Also, great to trick out. Use it as a base sauce and then add your own little touches. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker because Big Papa Smokers happens to be the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you are a backyard grilling enthusiast who's looking for durable and versatile cookers, but you're not sure which one you need or might want, call them. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website at bigpopsmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. And we'll be back with the embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. The YouTube chat is hot this evening. It's one of the best chats that I have seen, and I don't really pay too much attention to it. Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue. I'm renting out my grandfather's crop dusting plane. And I'm flying around the world with a banner behind it that reads, and I quote, I don't know who needs to read this, but Greg Rempe belongs in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. <laughs> I can answer who needs to read that. Nobody. Nobody needs to read it because nobody cares that I'm in or not in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. And by the way, Joe, do you have to rent your grandfather's crop dusting plane or can you just get in the crop dusting plane and take off? And he might not be any of the wiser. I'm just wondering out loud. Don't pay for stuff that you don't have to pay for. Remember, there's a rule number three of the show, which states, if it's free, it's me. Rule number three, Joe. 
Rule number three. All right, it's this time of the month where we join our pals, Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, and Rusty Monson, better known as the Embedded Correspondents. And there's Doug Scheiding there to the right of me, the longest-running correspondent, John Solberg's below me from Michigan. And there's good old Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah, Caddy Corner, and bottom right. So plenty of stuff going on here this evening. There's so many there's so many things that have changed over the course of eight hours. I've added stuff. There's things that I couldn't even add in. Uh, there's two bona fide competitors here on this. John's also a competitor, but I'm sure he would deny it more than he would admit it. But certainly Doug and Rusty are. There's a guy. Did you always love these stories? There's a guy. That is here in Cleveland. I will mention the company by name, although they are not affiliated with the show at all. But they are a high purveyor of quality beats called Mr. Br- Whose phone is that? Sorry, I turned it Dog! over. Next time you're fired. <laughs> there is a purveyor of quality meats here in Cleveland called Mr. Brisket. Uh, Hank Cornblut is the owner, and he's got a... Uh, worker out there named Aaron Huntelman. You know Aaron Huntelman from Go Big or Go Barbecue out here in East Lake, Ohio. Big Traeger fan. And Traeger shits on him all the time, but we won't talk about that. So he has decided to put an offering out to the competition world. And we'll get to the surety questions here because I know you're all dying to start going yes or no. Rusty, let's start with you. If I told you right now you could get your hands on 12... Uh, trimmed chicken thighs, competition trim, all weighed out, all six ounces or all seven ounces, the knuckles off, the veins out, the oyster, the skin's flipped over and done all that bullshit to it, and it's a nice pillow bite-through thing. Would you buy that, or do you think that's bullshit and cheating? Uh, I would not buy it because chicken is super easy for me. But everybody complains about chicken. It's so long, and you got to do this and that and the other thing. Because they 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 don't do it right. That's why they don't understand. You don't have to go crazy on it. It's not that complicated. They turn all the fat off. You don't need to turn the fat off. You just need to cook it properly. You don't have to get all the gizmos off. Just some fat like plucks and different things like that. It's not that hard. Hmm. You know, you chop off the bone, boom, boom. You get all that fat pockets out. You don't. You take the skin and. You basically don't even, you just trim the skin up. You don't take the fat off because you'll cook it long enough for that fat to melt and it makes it juicy inside. It's a very simple process. In fact, I would, I, I like cooking, I'd rather trim a chicken than I would uh, brisket or pork. Hmm. Would you think less, let's say I was competing in the stall next to you and I went to Mr. Brisket and I bought my chickens from Aaron and Hank, would you think less of me or that I was somehow cheating because I didn't? learn how to trim my chicken or uh, you know that's part of the pit master way first of all if i turned to my right and you were in the booth next to me it'd be the best day of my whole life it could happen <laughs> rusty it could happen could, secondly no i wouldn't touch you at all man do you do you i'm still gonna whoop your ass it don't matter to me all right uh, doug what do you think about this potential game-changing product into the competition market pre-trimmed competition chicken yeah, it, of course, in Texas, it'd have to be the half chickens, but I am fairly particular. If you know me, you know me. I'm particular of how I do things, and I would want to do it myself. Would you think it's cheating if I bought it and was competing next to you? No, there's a guy, uh, Andy Lugo, down here who was trimming briskets for all kinds of competition cooks, and... I never really thought much of it. I mean, whatever. Go ahead and do it. And people are paying him to trim the brisket. Yeah, exactly. How much does he get to trim a brisket, do you think? You know, I don't know even know what the cost is. But, uh, yeah, it never really bothered me at all. He started a business doing that, left the meat market and started doing that and, you know, trimming briskets for, like, meatloafs for uh, competition cooks. Oh, great. I love that. John, what do you think about trimmed competition chicken showing up at your door ready to cook at an event i'm ready to buy it to cook at home <laughs> I, really i think it's great to, yeah i have believe it or not trimmed a butt ton of competition thighs <laughs> a lot of them and i'm like 
and and people around my family love it when I cook competition chicken for them. I don't like to go through all that trimming, or I got to take Rusty's class, one or the other. I'd ship that stuff right to my door. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd take it to the competition. I think it's great. I think it's a. I hope he does well with it. And you don't think I would be cheating if I brought it to the competition, or somehow that makes me less of a pit master, or I'm not learning what I need to learn. Not at all. It's no different than fire management or or buying a rub or anything else. Run, I mean, look at all those things that we called that once upon a time. Mm. You know, if you didn't throw logs, you weren't a pit master once upon a time. Go ahead, Doug. The, I've seen it at KCBS events. There's people that go around and put the greenery in boxes for people. That's what, there's no difference in that. That's, you know, so the... To me, it's the same thing. I'm finding out things that I never even knew about tonight. Wow. I love you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> you can, Some guys making money trimming briskets for other people. I can't wait to go on Facebook after the show is over. I took up with a couple folks on this whole chicken post on Facebook, and they were really giving it to me. And now I can just turn right around and say, okay, well, make sure you go give this guy the what for because he's trimming everybody's brisket in Texas. And then there's teams that go around making your boxes and KCBS turn it. So yeah, this is, uh, this is enlightening to say the least. I didn't know that was uh, nonsense going on down there. All right, but uh, here's new nonsense. The 100% assurity question. John, we'll start with you here this evening for Michigan. Between the two, you would rather have an electric grill versus a battery-powered grill? No, 100% no. Oh. Get that big stuff out of here. Rusty, you would rather have an electric grill versus a battery-powered grill? Also, no. Oh. I th- Get that big stuff out of here. Douglas? And, until the battery runs out, no. <laughs> no. Big stuff out of here. Uh, I would rather have an electric grill, yes. 100%. Why not? Uh, you are... Oh, next question, Doug. You are fully aware of this name. No liars. I can see all of you, so no lying. You are fully aware of this name. Roger Mooking. The answer is yes, related to his man fire uh, food show. Rusty. Yeah, he's the dude on the cooking channel, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) you... You vaguely can pull that guy off, and you had never heard of Pat LaFrieda before in your life? I don't know who Pat LaFrieda is still. (laughs) (laughs) My God. John, be honest. You are fully aware of this name, Roger Mooking. 100% no. Until I saw the bio... On the finalists, 100% no. I looked at the name, I was like, who's that? I knew all nine, I knew nine out of ten names without having to look at anything, and I was like, who's that? So I was, were you like that, John? Were you like, who's that? Yeah, I had to, I had to go hit the Google box, like, who the heck is that guy? And then I had some vague, like, oh, I remember something about that show, but I'm like, no, I, I was like, I never would have. Like, like, where did that come from was the first thing that crossed my mind. Indeed. All right, we'll go to Rusty. If you had access to it, you would try the lava on steak trend that I'm seeing on Instagram right now. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds pretty badass. So, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wrong one. Oh. Wrong one. It, it appears you have to have really high heat tongs because there's a container that has lava and there's a raw steak and you pour the lava over the steak and that's how it cooks. You want to do that? That sounds awesome. All right. Rusty is doubling in. Very good. Just so everybody's aware of what that was, I uh, explained it to Rusty. Doug, are you in on this? Yes or no? The only time I've seen it is on John's Instagram, and no way I don't mix tartar with crusty stink. John, if you had access to it, you would try the lava on steak trend that I'm seeing on Instagram right now. 
I would not. I, I absolutely. It's, it freaks me out. There's like no way. Yeah. Um, I can almost make this a majority, but Rusty's holding out. No, never. No, never. Not only no, never, but I think the only video of somebody doing this was the one that John was sharing because I had seen it a number of other times across various years. This person put zero effort into even trying to cook it right. This thing was as bad of a cook steak as I have ever seen. Charred to death. Now, look, I understand whatever he's putting on top of that is probably seven. Well, how hot is lava, Doug? You're smart. Gosh, it's got to be thousands of degrees. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know how you're going to cook it, but he's doing it right. He's trending, so good for him. He's been mentioned on this show or her, so good for you guys. We go to the next question. John, back to you. The general public thinks that the big grill companies make lots of money each year. 100% yes. Rusty. Uh, it's 550, 70 degrees, by the way. Could reach up to 2,000 degrees. That's how hot lava is. Wow. Um, yeah. Yes. The, abs- the answer is yes. Doug, the general public thinks that big grill companies make a lot of money every year. Yes, sir. Yes, and to make it a majority, I say yes as well. Yes. Of course, we know better. And the last question of the evening. We'll start with Doug. Doug, as a human man, you are disgusted by the fact that when you walk into a public restroom and saunter up to the urinal, there is so much pee on the floor. Absolutely, and there's no better example than in airports. John, as a human man, you are disgusted by the fact that when you walk into a public restroom and saunter up to the urinal, there is so much pee on the floor. Absolutely disgusted by it. To follow up with Doug, for years as a traveler, my luggage never came back into my house and stayed in the garage because I was in and out of airports. Wow. (laughs) Rusty, you are a human man. Are you disgusted, too, by the fact that when you walk into public restrooms and saunter to the urinal, there is so much pee on the floor? As a human man, I can deal with it because I'm not a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I thought Positive Rusty was back, but uh, Man Rusty (laughs) is in full effect. Uh, I will go against Man Rusty and agree with the other guys. It's deplorable. I am disgusted as a human man, a male man, that, uh, and now look, uh, so I've seen it in the aforementioned airports. However, as you guys well know, I am also travel volleyball dad, and I show up in convention centers all across this great land east of the Mississippi, and it appears that no other male besides me can hang their pecker into the urinal. They do it on the fucking floor. I'm standing in piss. Like, I can't figure out what's more disgusting. The cat pissing on my electronics or me standing in piss. Like, what the hell is going on in the bathroom? By the way, the smartest person ever on the face of the earth as we stay with the piss talk here for about 35 more seconds. Whoever invented the uh, splash dragon. You know what the splash dragon is? It's the thing that goes in the urinal. You can pee into it as hard as you want. And it does not cast back on you or your shirt or your pants, making you look like a pathetic slob. Not as much of a slob as the guys that are pissing on the floor, obviously, but a little less of a slob than those folks. But whoever came up with that, what a magician. Good for him. He's probably making millions of dollars. We're very happy for him. All right, so that's it for the embedded correspondence and the 100% assurity questions. We do have a YouTube poll question of the week. We should get out of the way as well. Rusty, attending a Memphis in May is a barbecue bucket list item. Uh, yeah, it's actually the no- number one thing on my list. I thought you went a couple of years ago. I was supposed to. I didn't end up going because hmm. I don't know why. I can't remember. But it's number one. 
Uh, Doug, you were there this past weekend. However, if we can take ourselves out of last weekend, Memphis in May was a bucket list item for you. Yes, it was. That yep. was actually my second time. Oh, so right. the first time, the first time I went, it because it was a bucket list. Yes, John, Memphis in May is a bucket list item for you, or was a bucket list item for you? It was, and I don't know if you recall, but after the first time I went, I called you and said it needs to be on your bucket list oh, as well. I don't, I don't remember that. I thought you said there's no way I'm ever going back there again. Now get me the hell out of here. That wasn't you. Well, I said that too. I said that too. <laughs> but going there, it's like it's yeah. you got yes. It's put it on the list. Put it on the list. All right. So let's go ahead and take up with that just for a second. Then we'll get to who we think should be going into the Barbecue Hall of Fame tomorrow. Remember, 3 p.m. exclusive show here on the Barbecue Central show. We'll do it live. 3 p.m. Eastern. Bill, we'll do it live tomorrow and. We'll find out who is going to be in the 2023 class for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Doug, you had mentioned that I should be attending Memphis in May next year. So as having done it now two times, what are the wins for me? So we we know, A, I'm not a real big travel guy. And to me, there's got to be ROI. So what are the wins for me to go in your opinion? And the way you are, you would schedule interviews and have a packed day of different interviews with all of these people. Heck, I just go and a lot of times you, there's the public area and then there's the private area. You go into the private area, like I went in and Malcolm was just sitting there and I, you know, got 10 minutes with Malcolm, um, Heath Riles, you know, uh, Tuffy Stone in France, you know, and, and like when I went to Blues Hog, there was Johnny Trigg and his wife sitting down there. So it, you can just walk around to each of the different booths and see barbecue legends left and right. Unlike, I think, uh, the American Royal has a lot of different teams, but a lot of, of the barbecue royalty goes to Memphis in May. And Jack is going to be hit or miss because you've got to be invited to get there. So some, some years, maybe so. And, and then Houston rodeo is just rodeo gras. So what about from a business standpoint, if I'm going to go somewhere, I want there the potential for, for business to transact. Is there business availability for me there? Or do you think it's just for interviews? The, Actually, the Home Depot tent where I was at was would be a good place to to fish a little bit. I mean, there was Gosney, Next Grill, Oklahoma Joe's was there, Bria, uh, Brio, or however you say it, uh, Masterbuilt. I mean, we were all in one one big large uh, area together, so presenting and doing demos. So that would actually be a good place for you to because there were VPs of, of marketing or North American directors, CEOs of of all the different companies. <laughs> Uh, John, what do you PK think? PK was there. Yeah. All right. Sorry, so, sorry. a lot of the, the big names there. What do you think the wins are to go, John? For you and your business, I don't know. For me, it was, I remember finally leaving the booth and Robert's here. I've not said that pit crew drug me out of the booth and took me. And we, it, it's the land of the giants, kind of mirroring what Doug said. You walk through the booths and you're looking, at, you're just looking around and you're like, you're like, everybody's there. <laughs> It is like, it is, that's the way I feel about it. It's, it's emotionally, as a barbecue person, it's a great experience. You are walking down the Fire. aisle in a land of the giants. That's <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. Rusty, why do you want to go? Like, do you want to go compete or do you want to go, like, catch on with a team and hang or what's your thought? That's what's cool about it is I, I wouldn't do both. I'd love to compete in it. It's super intimidating, um, but I'd love just to go and, and hang out and, and talk to people and you know, meet some people that I've never met face to face and just soak it all in. It just seems like an extremely fun event. And I, I just, I want to go so bad and I I'll get there for sure. Whether I go to compete, which is hopefully how I go, but if not just to go bum around and, and bother people, you know, I got an email from Jason in New Jersey it says, dear future barbecue hall of famer, Greg uh, yet to be determined. Big fan, big fan. Been listening for almost 10 years. I have a question for you and your roundtable of barbecue experts you call the embedded correspondence. In the last few months, I've heard and seen a lot about boating your brisket. Most recently on Chud's barbecue video I checked out after he was a guest on your show. My question is, what's the deal with this? Is it the latest fad, a new way of doing an old trick? 
Or is this the next great method slash tip that will evaluate everyone's barbecue game? Or I'm sorry, elevate everybody's barbecue game. And if so, what's the proper way to do it? Unless I'm missing something, and I'm sure I am because I've barely looked into it. How is it different than putting your meat in an aluminum pan? Since you and you alone developed the mayo as brisket binder method, I turn to you for your amazing team for answers. Thank you in advance for your considered uh, for your considered response. I'll be listening, Jason from New Jersey. Well, first of all, I'm happy that Jason has pointed out the fact that I am the one that started the mayo as a binder for brisket trend. So uh, that is continuing to proliferate across the news, whether it's accurate or not. We can argue about that later. What do you think about the boat method, John? I don't have an opinion. I'm not going to try it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to cook my brisket in a pan, but I think the analogy is very similar. So I I don't get it either. I'm not I'm not in the camp. Somebody has to convince me. What about you, Rusty? You uh into the foil boat method that Chud does? Yeah, it's really cool. Um the main purpose of it is to maintain the the bark and keep that integrity there. Also, the foil boat uh, underneath it allows it to give that moisture that you want in uh, a wrap. So you're doing both. So you're exposing the part that's not going to burn because it's the fat part and the rest is getting soaked up in the juice that's below. But you're also getting that nice bark on the top, getting that additional smoke in what little there may be at that time. So it's a little bit of flavor with the uh, integrity of the bark and it makes it more moist. Doug, are you into foil boating? It's something that I would probably try at some point but uh i think you can get the same thing by doing the texas crutch which is basically wrapping i wouldn't i wouldn't i'd probably be less likely to put it in a pan as to wrapping it all nice and tight um for a steaming effect but if you want to get the bark let it rest and then put it back on for 30 minutes and you're good to go yeah um i would say jason and i'm no expert from a, a brisket cook standpoint, but as I see Chud's boat method or what was uh, derived as he was at Leroy and Lewis, and now he's kind of made famous, the biggest difference between that and putting it in a aluminum pan uh, is as long as you're not covering the aluminum pan with foil, that's obviously going to affect the bark uh, build on there. But you know, otherwise, I don't I don't know if there's a huge. I mean, Rusty, would you say there's a big difference if you put it in a foil pan? Versus putting the foil around it, um, is there like the edges affecting the the way the air is blasting over the brisket at that point? You would have to put more juice in the pan portion of it because the edges will burn. Mm. So and the foil boat will actually go over the side edges. In a pellet smoker, this is actually a pretty effective way to really maximize all that. But um, yeah, you want to when you do the boat, it comes up over the edges. If you don't, then you have to put the liquid that goes above the edges, or they'll crisp up and they will be really hard bits. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jason, hopefully that helps you. And now we can get to where we want to go here this evening, which is putting two lists together. First, we are going to review the ten finalists, and we have to pick who we think is going to be voted in tomorrow. Not who we personally want, but who we think the Hall of Fame members have voted for. And then we will each reveal our own personal list of four people that we would like to see go in. So uh, without any further ado, let's go to Doug. Doug, who do you think is being put in tomorrow? In no particular order. Actually, I'm putting it in particular order. All right. On what uh, what... I think is the most likely. The first name on my list is Flora Payne. Mm -hmm. You want to uh, explain N why? Well, she's been on uh, a couple of years, and then uh, her past is very similar to Desiree Robinson. If I if I I'm getting the name right, uh, yep. so I think that that uh, you know, and that was two years ago. So you know, in a way. You know, two years too late. But uh, anyway, Dave Raymond as number two. All right. Number three. Byron Chisholm. Bad Byron. Byron's butt rub. And yep. your fourth. Much to everyone's liking. And I'm sure this person is going to be on everybody's list. And very similar to Guy Fieri, Roger Mooking is going to be on voted in. 
<laughs> wow. Look, I don't know who's going in tomorrow, but if Roger Mookin gets in, I will eat my hat. I don't have a hat, so I'll go buy one, and then I will eat it next week. That's how confident I am of that. But we'll see. Okay. So uh, Doug thinks Flora Payne, Dave Raymond, uh, Byron Chisholm, and Roger Mookin are going to go in. John, who are your four that you think are going to be voted in tomorrow? That are I think are going to be voted in? Yeah, not is, who you I'm want. Start with uh, who you think. Correct. Yeah. Who I think the judges are going to select. Yes. I'm going to start out with Byron, Byron Chisholm. Okay. You know, look back in the early 2000s, he was, he was, he was smoking hot there before the butt rub. I'm going to go with Steve Grady just because who doesn't want to go there and have some barbecue? Of course, for Owen Payne, Miss Payne, it's time for her to go in. And I'm going to go with Darren Worth. All right. Any, uh, any backup on those choices or are they all just standing alone? They're standing alone. I mean, I'm that's that's where we're gonna go. And if Mookin goes in, I'll eat a hat with you. We'll do it on social media. Right. You, we'll we'll boat it and then we'll eat it. We'll trend it. Uh, Rusty, who do you think the committee is or, or the voting members are voting in tomorrow? Darren Worth, because if they don't, they need to. They I can't do anything. Live with themselves at this point. Uh, Dave Raymond, I think, would go in uh, just because you know he's Dave Raymond. Uh, I think Byron finally gets in this time uh, just because he should. And I also think that Steve Grady finally gets nodded into that one as well. All right. So, uh, I, Doug, I have to say, I'm a little surprised. You have no you have no Darren Worth on your list. They, they think you don't think the, the, the crowd is, is ready to put him in. No, I think, hmm. you know, he's kind of, he, he rubs, in my personal opinion, yeah. he, I think he rubs some people, uh, is a little off-putting to some people. Really? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So now it's my list. Um, so I'm going to agree with Byron Chisholm. I'm going to agree with Dave Raymond. See, like half the list, one, two, three, four, five, are at least one or two, if not more, uh, on the finals list. And if my mind is telling, so that means I think Darren Worth is also going to get voted in. And then my last one is going to be Flora Payne. So that means, let's see. So everybody, my picks are everybody but Dave Raymond. Everybody is a returning finalist. My gut is that at least for the next couple of years, if we see a list that has half or more than half returning people on that list, there's a really good chance that those people are probably going to get voted in. So new new blood can make it over the make it over the hump. So we'll see. All right. So we have some discrepancies here. Does anybody want to agree with anybody else here to get a, a finals list? Do we want to take anybody off? John? Everybody seemed to uh, be rolling with Dave Raymond, but me, correct? Uh, you had I, Darren I, and Flora, yep. Steve and Byron. Correct. Yes. I, Man, if... if I'm not willing to give up any of my picks to nope. make a majority here. Nope. I mean, if Dave Raymond gets in in the first round, it's he's he's it maybe belongs in one of the greatest businessmen's Hall of Fame, not necessarily the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Rusty, you want to give up a? Uh, looks like you would be having to switch out a Steve Grady for a floor of paint. If I'm mistaken, Grady's been doing it longer. Am I right? like 30 years uh i think, I think he's just been doing the same place i, I for think for pains i think it's the other way at least it's the other way yeah for pain so remember yeah, she, um there's a there's a line of similarity between flora Payne and desiree robinson from cozy corner where the husbands right. started the business and then they died and then the wives stepped in and have continued the business 
ongoing. But did the wife do it and then die and Steve Grady step in? Because that's important. No, Steve Grady started it, of course. Uh, that was a joke. It was yes. a dumb one. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I I go Flora. I don't care. I go Flora. Yeah, I'm right. down for it. Floor pain. That's cool. And uh, Doug. So Doug was Floor Pain, and Dave Raymond, and Byron Chisholm, and Roger Mooking. Uh, do you want to switch out I'll, Roger for Darren? I'll switch out Roger for Darren yeah. or Steve Grady. Byron. I think we were all we were unanimous on Byron. All four of us picked Byron. Yeah. So like. If you would yeah. need to drop out Roger for Darren, and then you would match me and Rusty. And that would give us a majority. No, John is, yeah, is unwilling. John, John is unrelenting. John, John, but we'll, we'll be a quorum without. Him. John, yeah. So if I traded out Roger for Darren, that would be four for Darren. Yes. So okay, okay, I'll, I'll do that. All right. So most of us think that tomorrow you will see these people voted in. In no particular order. Darren Worth, Dave Raymond, Sweet Baby Ray, uh, Byron Chisholm, Byron's Butt Rub, and Flora Payne, Restaurant Tour. We will see tomorrow. Now, John thinks most of what we said is accurate, except he's going Steve Grady. And were you Darren Worth at the end, John? Yeah. 100% Darren Worth from the beginning. Okay. So, uh, John is just a Steve Grady away from uh, joining us. Uh, so, he would have to put in Sweet Baby Ray in advance of Steve Grady. No, John? No? I, no? I mean, no? hey, for the sake of the argument, sure. I'll go ahead and side with you guys. Even I don't believe no, you don't have it to. in the first round. You don't round. have to. All right. Then, I'll, no. then I'm going to hold him in a stamp pat and I'm going to be the outlier. John is going to be the outlier, yeah. thinking that Steve Grady is going to be the one voted in uh, over who we think uh, Dave Raymond. Again, these are who we think that the voters are going to put in. And now we can let it fly with a list of who we want to see go in. All individual lists. We're not coming to any type of majority quorum or otherwise and we will go to Doug your list of who you would like to see going okay I'll start off with Flora Payne again all right look at you being consistent next yes on my list yes Darren Worth the goat all right the goat the bristly barbecue competitor <laughs> <laughs> He's a take it or leave it a guy. Take yep. it or leave it. So um, I like Darren a lot, obviously. But um, I am going to go with Fast Eddie Morton. Really? Right. Love Fast Eddie. Joseph, Joseph Traeger got in, so Fast Eddie should be in as well All right. in my book. Last one. And I'm going to oh, go oh. with the – I can understand the Steve Gray, but I'm going to go with the sentimental pick, Malcolm Reed. All right. Next. Rusty, your list of who you want to go in tomorrow. First of all, David Close needs to go in. The guy's the greatest pit master that ever, or pit maker of all preach, time. Rusty, <laughs> preach, Rusty, preach. He turned an airplane into a smoker. The guy is a genius, and he's been on Anthony Bourdain's uh, No Reser or uh, whatever show, and fantastic character yeah. and a great pit builder. In fact, I think Paul Kirk could say um also then i'm gonna go with dave or sorry uh donnie teal of course i gotta you know represent my uh food truck people um also a great competitor so i want to be a donnie uh, teal one day and then um darren worth for sure is who is someone i want to see go in that needs to happen and uh <sighs> malcolm reed that would be cool as hell <laughs> two for malcolm wow Next! Happens to be the guy from Michigan. John, who do you want to see go in? For a pain. Starting my list. All right. 100%. Steve Grady. He's staying on my list. All right. Darren Worth, because I don't think there's anyone more deserving of the title on the planet, mm. more than likely, from the comp side. And I'm rolling with Rusty on Dave Close, because he's made a smoker out of an airplane. Yeah. And he made his space shuttle, and it's it's, it's unbelievable. It's Dave Close. He's he's earned a spot. All right, uh, these are who I want to go in in no particular order. 
Believe it or not, 75% of us agree on this. Dave Close. I had a Dave Close offset pit for 10 years. It was the first offset pit that I ever had. I was lucky enough to cut my teeth on an offset cooker of that caliber. And I got it for free because some guy used to just collect cookers like some people collect fast cars or women. And uh, I waited for him to collect enough cookers. And I said, hey, you don't use that close anymore. Can I have it? And he's like, yeah, just come down and get it. And uh, that's how I got my 42-inch offset close pit. And it was a fabulous cooker. Uh, next one for me is Fast Eddie. I love Fast Eddie. I love Fast Eddie for many reasons. Uh, Fast Eddie, hmm. John, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and I apologize. Do you recall Fast Eddie being in the Guest Hall of Fame? Was he in the 2018 class, maybe? Do you know? I don't believe he is. Stop yeah, it. I That's for confirm. another show, but the answer is no. No? Oh, all right. The point is, he has been a long contributing member to my show. He has done a lot for the industry. He's done a substantial amount for pellet cooking and the evolution of that. So just on that alone, uh, and he was a fairly successful competition cook too, um, I would like to see Fast Eddie go in. So Dave Close, Fast Eddie. Uh, then I would like to see Darren Worth go in, of course. We agree on that. And then I would like to see, I would like to see Sweet Baby Ray go in. First time in. But man, oh man, this guy is, uh, well, I hate to say it, Doug, you're fired. Okay. Goodbye, Doug. Tornado Amber alert. Tornado I can't coming. help that. Yeah. Amber, Amber alert. alert. Somebody's looking for the kids. silence button on Doug's phone. We can't find it. The Amber alert's out for Doug's silence the phone button. Uh, I think Dave Raymond is uh, should be in uh, like easily um, outside of being a corporate sauce. I get it. It's corporate now, but before all the buyings and the sellings of Dave Raymond sauce, like Sweet Baby Ray's. Show of hands. No, let's not do that. Quickly, let's go around. In a pinch, Doug, you will eat Sweet Baby Ray sauce. Oh, sorry. That's exactly what I thought of. Uh, okay. No. Well, Doug, in, uh, I'm, uh, Rusty, in a pinch, you will use Sweet Baby Ray sauce. Absolutely. That's, I think it's great. It's delicious. John, in a pinch, you will use Sweet Baby Ray sauce. It is 100% always in my home. 100% always. <laughs> I walk right up there to get it. It's, Doug, it's the most familiar sauce in the world. Stand by. Everybody it is. loves it. I understand. I understand. It's like, so I had the you, chance you're, you're to giving, use it uh, earlier this yeah, month, I, and I said, the, no. I said, I, no. I, I know people use it on, on the competition trail and, and kill it with it. I think it's the Wait, best they out there as far as that goes in the do, big store markets. I never unplug. Do they dope it or do they use it straight? It, the be, the best advertisement for it. Look, yeah. Is I, the not only does John <laughs> always keep it in his house, I have it right here just in case I need it right by my studio. So the, the best advertisement is the NFL player that stopped using <laughs> Sweet Baby Rays and lost 18 pounds. Yes, but that's that's today's <laughs> Sweet Baby Ray's sauce. That's not the old time when it was organic and healthy and you lost weight eating Sweet Baby Ray's sauce. <laughs> the selling of it made it a terrible amalgamation of what it uh, was originally. Let's see. All right. Well, let's call it a night here, guys. So we, uh, we agree almost. Let's see. Yes, go ahead, Doc. Uh, you, we, I want to say I have a guess on the Impact Award. Oh, right. Do we think that there's going to be an impact award? Doug, you think there's going to be an impact award? I think there is. All right. Who or what? It's going to be to the Colonial Cooks in Virginia, the true birthplace of barbecue in USA. All right. He is committed. Colonial Cooks. I've never heard of that, but we'll see. Uh, John, do you think there's going to be an impact award? And if so, who or what? No, I'm going with no, because right. <laughs> I don't know who it would be, so I go, nope. Rusty, Impact Award tomorrow or no? And if so, who or what? I would say no, because that's what the Hall of Fame is. They made an impact. I don't know why you need another one. Rusty, do you even know what the Impact Award is? They I don't know. They hit somebody. Rusty, it's, it's a, a, it's a, 
something that doesn't have to happen every year, but oh. is there a group or an organization or something that has made an impact in the landscape of live fire that maybe they can't go in as like an individual, like maybe a Darren Worth or a Chris Lilly or whatever, but they've made a big enough impact. Uh, like for instance, last year was the uh, unsung African American pitmasters. Do you see something oh. like that happening this year? And if so, who or what would it be? I have no idea. I'd say some stupid like operation, you know, barbecue relief. But I'm sure that that's the dude. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's just go with no. Let's just go with no. Right. High school, high school barbecue teams. I think. Yeah, there you go. How about that? Pulling it right out of left field. Good for you, Rusty. Um. I think the Impact Award. Hmm. I don't think there's going to be an Impact Award. Get that big stuff out of here. I'm not sure. John, did you have another uh, try? D yeah, I thought you, John was. Really I was just going to recant and go. Yeah. I was just going to recant if I couldn't go. I'm going to go with the Barbecue Central show and Greg Rempe for the Impact Award <laughs> for tomorrow. See where that lands. <laughs> hey, it could happen. Look, let's talk about that for a second. Is that, John, let's stick with you. Is that an honor for me or is that a bit of a slight? I don't, I see it as an honor. You, if they're saying you had an impact on the industry and they can keep you away from that podium at awards, it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, I know you don't need to be in the Hall of Fame. You're going to wind up in the Library of Congress. No one else on in the Hall of Fame is going to wind up in the Library of Congress other than you. So, so no, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a slight at all. I think it's a nod to your uh, recent years of partnership with the organization. Doug, is that a slight for me, or is that an honor? I'd say it's a little would be a little bit of a slight for you, but it would be protecting. It'd be a CYA for them. Mm, all right. So you're aligning more with John's thought on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Rusty, slight or honor? It's a slight, bro. Like I'm too competitive for that, man. I want the Hall of Fame. I want to be a Hall of Famer, and I'm in the Hall of Congress. You're damn right, much. Rusty. You're pumping me up. Let me tell you something. If I get that Impact Award, <laughs> you can shove it up your ass. I want in the hall. Yeah. I want in the hall. <laughs> Or I'm out. That's right. All right. You're still now, in the hall. You'd still be in the hall. No, no. I want the hall as me, not an impact. I'm me. I'm a pillar. <laughs> Tell him, Rusty, I'm a pillar. That's right. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Uh, we're going to run over. I got to ask this question because next month it's not going to be timely. Last weekend, this past weekend, Memphis and May takes place, as we know. Winning it is a team called Ridiculous Barbecue Crew, however they spell it. And it's a bit of an amalgamation of sorts. What I come to find out here recently is one of the pit masters on the team is a former winner of Memphis and May. The guy that was the pit master of Natural Born Grillers from back in the day. I believe he was winning his shoulders. Uh, John... And the last name escapes me, unfortunately. But he was on the team. And then a pigged beach out of New York City. There were some folks that were on uh, the team as well. But it was a big amalgamation. The question is this. First of all, Blue Hog was pretty freaking close coming back to back. They finished third overall in Hog. I wanted to see him go back to back because then that was going to be a whole statement that we were going to be talking about here this evening. But knowing what we know now, Blue's Hog winning last year with Hog or ridiculous winning this year and doing it with ribs is the bigger win. Which one? Doug. Wow, that's a great question. When I talked to Heath, Heath Riles was actually cooking ribs because he wanted to be the guy yeah. to win in ribs in, in, in 21 years of absentee winner in ribs. So, um, wow. I am... I almost think that Blues Hog is still bigger because they were cooking on that pit for one of the first few times and just came out of nowhere. So um, I'm still go with Blues Hog. John, bigger shock, Blues Hog winning last year or Ridiculous winning with Ribs, keeping in mind that Ribs hadn't won overall grand champion since 2002. 
which was uh, hey. py- py- pyropigmaniacs were the last ones to do it. <laughs> Winning in ribs is the bigger win, period. I don't care what's happened in the last 21 years. You know, it's like it was uh, no one. You don't cook. You don't cook ribs to win at Memphis and May because you can't. And they did it. Bam, boom. Slam dunk. Drop the mic. Walk away. Rusty, bigger shock, Blues Hog winning last year in Whole Hog or Ridiculous winning this year in Ribs? Back in the late 70s, the Dogtown and Z-Boys, if you guys never heard of this, it's a skateboarding documentary about the Zephyr team. And back in the day, people were riding on skateboards all flimsy and doing their little cute little tricks. And these guys just came in and wrecked the whole thing. Tony, Tony Hawk, they, go, they start doing all these crazy tricks. They come out of nowhere. Nobody sees this kind of thing, what they're doing. They break the whole, everything down. You don't even recognize it anymore. The way that they used to skate. Now they skate this way. They're skating in pools like Tony Hawk does. They changed the whole game. And Blues Hog did that last year. And that to me is huge because it's it kind of woke a lot of people up. And I think that it's going to be a really cool thing going forward. And the new guard has, has arrived, essentially. All right. Rusty is in passion. I think Doug agrees with him. Uh, I hate to say that both... Rusty and Doug are 100% wrong, and John and I are right. Regardless, a 21-year vacancy of ribs winning. Ribs winning the overall grand championship at Memphis in May is easily the bigger shot. Easily. I get that Blues Hog came in and changed the game, as Rusty said, but when you have a 21-year layoff on ribs, like I can cook pretty good ribs. So for ribs to win the day at Memphis in May in 21 years, I want to know what the ribs tasted like when the pyro pig maniacs made it when they won it back in 2002 and how much the rib difference in taste has changed in 21 years. Like that's how big of a gap it is. It's like exactly 21 years. So uh, John and I are right. And John and uh, Doug and Rusty are going to have to go home on uh, taking the L on this one, boys, but that's all right. Next month, you can try and get back off the schneid, and uh, there you have it. So we have Doug to the right of me, the longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas, and John is below me from Michigan, who is also the executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, and then Rusty from the great city of Utah. Before we go on the way out, Doug, anything to promote? Well, of course, I invited Lynn and Jeff, and I think this is one of the most interesting interviews that you will ever hear on Sterling Ball that will be an upcoming show. I think it's unlike anything you've ever heard. All right. Well, that means Doug, who is the host of the Baseball and Barbecue Show with his co-hosts, Lynn Aberman and Jeff Cohen, is back at it again. Sounds like there'll be a Sterling Ball sighting. Happy to hear about that. I'm glad your podcast is going so well, Doug. I mean, you're, you know... Many hundreds of episodes in. I mean, who knew you were such a baseball and barbecue fanatic, but you've really spun this exactly. into a business. And we're, and we're moving it from New York to uh, San Antonio, yeah, Texas. And, but, to, uh, that. and the charity of you to bring these guys who barely know what they're talking about onto your show, you know, make them feel good about themselves, this and that. I mean, you are a true gentleman, and we certainly appreciate you here on this show as well. John, anything to promote on the way out? I, my Instagram's back up. I got hacked, but it's back. So check that out over at JS00. And uh, of course, Friday, don't miss you, the best moment. You didn't pay for that Central customer show. service, did you, John? I did not pay for that customer service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why. Yeah. No, I didn't do it. I was going to, but I didn't. Nope. I'm back. JS00. Rusty, on the way out, anything? You can always listen to the Pitmasters podcast. We won't have an episode this coming up week, but you can get caught up in that time. Yes. And you also can follow me at Salt City Barbecue, spelt out with a C. If you want to come to Utah and eat some barbecue, it will be out somewhere if you come to Utah at this point. We are everywhere. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, always appreciate it. There they are. The Embedded Correspondents, Doug, John, and Rusty. We will see them at the end of June, and we are over. I didn't think we were going to be over at all, but... This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. All right, there's Let's Chris Payne right there. Oh, okay. wow. Look at what's happened here. You go a little long, and everything is just all off kilter, so we'll make sure that we spend one second here, take all these off, and get out the right way. Let's eject that. Now we can go. Right. All the way back in the first hour, Chris Lilly. Big Bob Gibson. 
facebook.com or you can follow Chris socially, Chris Lily BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. See what he's up to, interact with him in that platform or those platforms. And then the second hour, the embedded correspondent, Doug Chiding from Texas, John Solberg from Michigan, Rusty Monson from Utah, talking about who we think might be voted in by the voting members tomorrow. And also, who we would like to see go in. We also had 100% assurity questions. So if you missed all of that, make sure that you get all the podcasts. If you're just tuning in now, hour number one up here shortly, and hour number two Thursday, and a best of on Friday featuring Melissa Cookston, Pitmaster Biazu, Belticue, and the owner of the Memphis Barbecue Company restaurant down there in Memphis. So programming note, once again, tomorrow on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, there will be a live exclusive show announcing who the Barbecue Hall of Fame members are going to be for 2023, both living in the legacy category. We will also learn if there will be an impact award. And then we will have a big show, new big show next Tuesday as we get ready for June. Still one more week left, but we'll be actually... We will be in June, I believe. We'll be. That's not right, is it? In any event, next Tuesday, there's going to be a show, and it's going to be live, and it's going to be really big, just so I can tell you. There'll probably be a Sam the Cooking Guy. There'll probably be a Malcolm Reed. The whole kit and caboodle that you've become used to. So, how do I always leave? September 11, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Grempe. Bye bye. This is Dion Blumenrader with Big Hoss One Sauce, and you're listening to the best show on all things barbecue with my man, Greg Rempe.